0: Good evening. How are we feeling? Good. Yeah, I'm excited to be here tonight. Uh welcome to Genesis, man. We are glad you guys are here. Uh my name is Mike. Uh, I'm the lead pastor here at Genesis. And uh I just want to make sure you feel as, as, as just welcome as at home as possible. Uh here at Genesis, you know, we if you like I said last week, if you didn't see the huge banner behind us, uh Open doors, open hearts is what we believe. Uh, We wanna make sure that you uh, feel comfortable and welcome when you walk through the doors and and that your heart is open to have an experience with God when you come here on a Tuesday night. And so uh, we're excited that you're here. We're continuing a series tonight uh, called Coming Out Swinging. And we're gonna be in week two tonight. Um, Last week, we looked at Joshua chapter one. uh, We talked about fear. Uh, We talked about fear and we talked about how we needed to choose courage before the battle began. Uh, and tonight, we're going to be in Joshua chapter 3, and we're going to be talking about following God into the unknown. Following God into the unknown. Uh, before we do that, I just want to say there's a few things in my life that, that I'm very thankful for, okay? Very thankful for my wife. Very thankful for my job. Very, th- very thankful for a lot of things. One of those things that I'm really thankful for is GPS. Very thankful for GPS. I don't know how people got around before GPS, Uh, I I have no sense of direction whatsoever. Uh, I'm very bad at getting around. I've always blamed it on the fact that when I was, when I was growing up, you know, riding around with your parents, your grandparents, I was always face down into uh, my Game Boy playing Pokemon. And, uh, And so I never really looked around at my surroundings and never was really good at learning my way around town, right? And so I'm really bad with directions, and my wife is actually the, the complete opposite of that. She's extremely good with directions. And so it's like when I, every time I leave the house, it feels like I'm heading into the unknown uh, because I don't really know my way around, and if it's not a very familiar place, um, a place that I go to a lot. And so it's like that part of my brain just, just shuts off, you know, if she's in the car. It's like, okay, Emily's here, so she's going to tell me where to go, and it's going to be great, right? I don't have to worry about it. I won't have to worry about getting lost. When I was actually, when I was taking uh, driver's ed, when I was 15, 16, uh, he actually took me down a, he, we took a wrong turn, and we ended up having to do a U-turn to get out of wherever he had taken me, and I actually, he hadn't taught me how to do U-turns yet, and so he goes, hey, are you going to be able to get us out of or the dead end that we're at, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to give it a shot, and so I did my first U-turn, and he was like, wow, I'm really impressed. And I was like, listen, man, I was born for this. Like, you have no idea. I'm like a U-turn prodigy, okay? Like, I'm, it's in my blood, right? So I have a terrible sense of direction. Like I said, every day, if I'm not going to a place I'm familiar with, it's like heading into the unknown. Well, a lot of life is the unknown. There are, are so many variables in our life, so many things that are not set in stone. There are so many volatile and fragile things in our life. And we, in a way, live our entire life in the unknown, We do our best to to put good things into place, to create security and familiarity, and none of that is bad, but what happens when God calls us out of what is familiar into the unknown? What happens when God calls us out of the familiar into the unknown? And that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. And so I'm going to take a minute, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to jump in. So pray with me. Jesus, we thank you for the opportunity that it is to to gather together with a body of believers, united with one purpose, and that is glorifying you. And so, God, I pray for this, this word tonight, God, this message tonight, that it would not fall on deaf ears, that it would fall on fertile soil. God, that we would hear what you have to say to us tonight, that, uh, that we would be closer to you uh, compared to when it first began. And so, God, we, we trust you with tonight, and I pray, God, that the word of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, would be acceptable and pleasing in your sight. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so if you have your Bibles, uh, again, I would encourage you to bring your Bibles with you. It's awesome to have a a physical Bible to follow along with. And so if you have your Bibles, uh, I would encourage you to turn to Joshua chapter three. Um, And while you're turning there, I'm going to get you up to speed with where we are at this point in the story of God. And so at this point in the story of, of Joshua, oh, the, the, the days in the wilderness are coming to an end. So they have been traveling in, in the wilderness, the Israelites, for 40 years. Uh, they, they escaped from slavery from the Egyptians. And so now they're in the wilderness. They've been there for 40 years. And at this point, the, that time, it was coming to an end. And so At this point, it was time for them to start making their way into the promised land. But in order to do that, the Israelites are going to have to go somewhere that they had never gone before. They were going to have to go somewhere unknown, and they were going to have to trust God to lead them in the right direction. So read with me. This is Joshua 3, 1 through 6. This is what it says. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from Shidem. And they came to the Jordan, he and all the people of Israel, and lodged there before they passed over. At the end of three days, the officers went through the camp and commanded the people, As soon as you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the Levitical priest, then you shall set out from your place and follow it. Yet there shall be a distance between you and it, about 2,000 cubits in length. Do not come near it, in order that you may know the way you shall go, for you have not passed this way before. Then Joshua said to the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And Joshua said to the priest, take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on before the people. And so they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. So we see that Joshua and the Israelites, they get up early in the morning, early risers, they get up early and they start their trek into the promised land. And what happens is they eventually make it to the shores of the Jordan River. Okay, I need you to remember that tonight. We're gonna be talking a lot about the Jordan River, okay? So they make it to the shores of the Jordan River. And as we see later, This was during the time of the harvest. This was flood season for the Jordan River. And so the waters were rougher than normal. They were deeper than normal and they were wider than normal. And so they make camp right there on the banks of the Jordan River for three days. And in those three days, they they come and they go. And then the officers of the people, remember we talked about last week, the, the officers of the people were basically just these guys that heard from Joshua and they relayed the message to everybody else. And so these officers, they start making their way Through the camp, they start walking through the camp, tent by tent, group of people by group of people, and they start explaining the plan. They said, okay, listen, the time has come for us to make our way across the Jordan River. And so once you see the Ark of the Covenant being carried by the priest, then you're supposed to get up and you're gonna follow it wherever it goes. But you need to make sure to keep your distance and don't take your eyes off of it because we've never been this way before. And then Joshua speaks up, and he, and he tells the people, he says, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. When Joshua tells the people to consecrate themselves, what he means is to make your sacrifices, purify your heart, get your heart right, purify yourselves. And then he says to the priests, he says, okay, listen, it's time. It's time for us to start making our way through the camp with the Ark of the Covenant. So you might be thinking, okay. What is the Ark of the Covenant? What is that? It's actually a, a very popular term uh, in the Bible, and we, we say it a lot or we may hear it a lot, but what it actually was, is it, it was basically a, a wooden chest, okay? So think like pirate's treasure chest, okay? It was a wooden chest, it was covered in gold, and it actually inside contained the two stone tablets of the Ten Commandments. And so this was a symbol of the presence of God. And so this was a, a literal representation of the presence of God. And so with that in mind, that changes the way we read these verses. The people were not just following a wooden box. They were following the presence of God. They were following the presence of God, and that was what was going to lead them down a path that they had never been before. And they had to make sure that they were consecrated. They had to make sure that they were uh, purified and, and made right because of the holiness of the Ark of the Covenant. The people knew not to mess with it. Because think about it, when you combine a, a sinful person with uh, the presence of a uh, perfect, holy God, things are not going to end well for you if there's not a mediator in between the two, also known as Jesus. He hasn't come yet, okay? And so, uh, so at this point, you know, they, they know that the Ark of the Covenant is nothing to be messed with. They've seen people instantly die because they touch it with unclean hands, okay? So they're like, okay, we don't want to mess around with this thing, so we're going to make sure we keep our distance, and I'm sure at this point, they were thinking like, okay, I, I get that the river is, is not that wide, but they do know that it's flood season, right? And so they do know that the, the water is rougher than normal and stronger than normal. And so how in the world are we going to cross to the other side? There's so many of us. There's a lot of us. The water is really dangerous. And this is a suicide mission. This is certain death. For the Israelites, this was the unknown. It was the unknown. They didn't know how it was going to work out, how or if God was going to come through. If they had come all this way just to die, they didn't know it was the unknown. So let me ask you something tonight. What is the unknown in your life? What is the unknown in your life? Are you in a season where you feel stuck, where you can't see past your your current situation and you don't understand what God is doing? Have you ever wondered what's on the other side of where you're at? Maybe on the other side of college, on the other side of a job that you're not happy with. Maybe you're in a place in your life where you feel like God feels distant or he feels like he's disinterested in you. Maybe you're in a spot in life where you're thinking, God, I wish I knew what you were up to because this all feels so unfamiliar. It feels so unknown. I don't know how this one thing's gonna work out, I don't know if you're going to answer this certain prayer. I don't know if you're going to come through for me. It's so unknown. And there's so many unknowns in our life because we, we lack the ability to see the future, right? We wish we could, but we can't. We can't see the future. We don't know what's on the other side. We don't know what's around the corner. We can't see the whole picture. And this is what the Israelites were, were feeling at this point. They have been given a new course to go and not a familiar one, and they were gonna to have to trust the presence of God to lead them through it. And so I would encourage you tonight that if you were in a situation like what I just talked about, I would encourage you to do the same. That if you're in a situation where you feel like you are in the unknown or you don't feel like you know what God is doing, keep your eyes on the presence of God and let him lead you through that season. Your pursuit of God will shine light on what is unknown. You're not, you, may not, you may not get every answer that you're looking for, but you will be following the one who does. Let's keep reading and see what happens the next day. This is Joshua 3, verse 7. The Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. We see the Lord, he he tells Joshua, he says, Listen, today is going to be the day I'm going to exalt you to all Israel that by the end of today, I'm going to remove all doubt that I'm going to be with you just as I was with Moses. If you remember from last week, that's what he told him, right? He said, he said, Joshua, I'm going to be with you just as I was with Moses. The same presence that was with him is going to be with you. And so obviously, you know, with a, a, any transition of, of this kind of caliber, there's going to be some doubt in some people. I mean, you got to think about how long Moses was their leader. He had been their leader for 40 years. They had seen him do miraculous things like, like part the Red Sea and, and talk to God through a burning bush and come off the mountain and his face is glowing because he just talked to God. It's like these people, they, they, they loved Moses and they trusted Moses. Actually to the point where when he died, they hid his bones. They, they, they kept where he was buried a secret so they wouldn't go worship his gravesite. Moses was a big deal to these people. And so to have this new guy in charge, they're not so sure that he's gonna be completely able to fill the shoes of Moses. And so God tells him in these verses, he says, listen, today I'm gonna remove all doubt that the people have in you. And I'm gonna remove all doubt today by what I'm going to do. And so let's keep reading and see what exactly he's going to do, what his plan is. This is Joshua 8 through 13. And as for you, Command the priests who bear the Ark of the Covenant, when you come to the brink of the waters of the Jordan, you shall stand still in the Jordan. Joshua said to the people of Israel, come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, here is how you shall know that the living God is among you and that he will without fail drive out from before you. There's gonna be a lot of names here, okay? Just hold on. The Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, and the Jebusites all those people are, are just groups of people they were going to have to defeat when they got to the promised land. Don't overthink that one, okay? Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is passing over before you into the Jordan. Now therefore, take 12 men from the tribes of Israel, from each tribe a man. And when the soles of the feet of the priests bearing the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off from flowing, and the waters coming down from above shall stand in one heap. And so God tells Joshua, he says, listen, I need you to tell the priests that are, that are carrying this Ark of the Covenant that they're going to walk into the river, and they're going to stay there holding up the Ark of the Covenant. And somewhere in between the lines here, he explains what he's going to do, and then Joshua then gather, gathers the people and relays the message to them. He says, today you're going to know that the Lord your God is able uh, to, to, without fail, drive out the enemies that we're going to face that without a doubt, he's gonna be able to do this. And then he does something a little strange that we don't get to see quite yet. He says, "I, I need one guy from each tribe, so 12 men, he's like, I need you to help me with something. And we don't get to see what that exactly is yet. We will tonight, but not yet. And he says, and when the feet of the priests rest in the waters of the river, the waters are going to part, and we are going to cross it. Now, you might be thinking, Well, this sounds very similar to another really famous Bible story. This is the same group of Israelites who had seen God use Moses to part the Red Sea. In that moment, it freed them from the slavery in Egypt, and it led them into the wilderness. It was one of the most defining moments of the story of God. It was a big deal. And so for those Israelites who were old enough to remember that this moment was solidified in their minds, and surely we are 40 years from at this point removed from that. And surely they were older. But it was something like that, that you don't forget. It was a, a legendary moment in their life. And this would have been something that they shared with their children. The group of people knew what Moses did with the Red Sea. And so memories of the Red Sea would have been flooding their minds at this point. And I am one of the Israelites, I'm thinking, okay, I remember the Red Sea. I remember the walls of water water to my left, water to my right. I remember walking across the dry ground. I remember my heart beating fast because I felt the the, the Egyptians chasing after us in pursuit of us. I remember that night so vividly and I can't help but think, is God gonna do it again? They had to cross a body of water to get into the wilderness and they were gonna have to cross one to get out. And so for those of us in a season here tonight where we feel stuck, where, where God feels distant or uninterested, or in a season where maybe you don't understand, for those of, those of us in a season of the unknown, you need to know tonight that a season that God starts, he finishes. A season that God starts, he finishes, and it's never without bringing us into something else. And so if you're in a spot in your life where you just don't look forward to tomorrow or a spot in your life where you're just treading water or a spot where things seem so uncertain or so unsure or so unknown, I would encourage you to follow the example of the Israelites that you look at the unknowns in your life and you say, God, I I don't understand everything that's happening. To me, I don't understand the spot that I'm in. I've never been in a spot like this before. But nevertheless, I'm gonna keep my eyes on you. I'm gonna keep my eyes on the presence of God and I'm gonna trust him to lead me through it because he knows where he's going even when I can't see it. And I have to trust that if God began something in my life, he is going to see it through to completion. What God starts, he finishes. And in the meantime, I'm not taking my eyes off him. Let's read the last few verses. See what happens. Joshua 3, 14 through 17. So when the people set out from their tent to pass over the Jordan with the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people, and as soon as those bearing the Ark had come as far as the Jordan. And the feet of the priests bearing the ark were dipped in the brink of the water. Now the Jordan overflows all its banks throughout the time of harvest. Remember we talked about that at the beginning. The waters coming down from above stood and rose up in a heap very far away at Adam, the city that is beside Zarethan. And those flowing down toward the Sea of the Arabah, the Salt Sea, were completely cut off. And the people passed over opposite Jericho. Now the priests bearing the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firmly on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan. And all Israel was passing over on dry ground until all the nation finished passing over the Jordan. So at this point, we see the moment of truth. They were going to step into the Jordan River that was at its toughest, that was at its widest, and they were going to have to see if God was going to come through for them again. And the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant, they made their way into the river, and and as soon as their feet touched the edge of the water, the waters began to part. The waters began to part and they stopped flowing from both sides. And the waters parted and and the, the ground in front of them was dry and they made it to the middle where they held up the Ark of the Covenant just as Moses held up his staff. And the entire nation of Israel made their way through the river on dry ground and made it to the other side just as they had done the Red Sea with this clear visual reminder of water to the left of them and water to the right and a clear path through it all. And so for a second, let's think back to what God had told Joshua at the beginning of the day. He said, today I will remove all doubt that just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And I'm going to remove all doubt that I have the ability to give you this land. And I'd say God was pretty successful in doing that. And so we see that just as God had been faithful before, he had been faithful again. He came through 40 years ago, and then he had come through again. He had been faithful with the past generation, and now he had been faithful with the current one. He had been faithful to get them into the wilderness, and now he had been faithful to get them out. He had been faithful to start a season, and he had been faithful to complete it. The unknown is no match for a faithful God. And if the Israelites had learned anything, it would be this. And I don't usually title messages, but if I were to, this would be the title of tonight's message. They learned this. Don't count him out. Don't count him out in your life. In your life, God has been faithful, and so you can trust him to be faithful again. He's been faithful to give you life. He has been faithful to give you salvation. He has heard your prayers. He has come through for you. And if he has brought you to the wilderness, he is faithful to get you out. And so in your season of dryness, in your season of uncertainty, in your season of the unknown, you can trust the same God that was faithful then is going to be faithful again. Don't count him out. If you remember from earlier when Joshua asked for those 12 men to help him with something, if you read into chapter 4, you see that these 12 men were, were told to get 12 large stones from the bottom of the river and to get them out of the bottom of the river and set them on the opposite side of the Jordan where they set up camp. And they did this to to serve as a visual reminder of what God had done, the miracle that God had, had performed. And so as a side note tonight, I would encourage you that when you see a move of God in your life, or when you see God answer a prayer, or when you see some breakthrough, Write it down. Write it down. Because later on when you're feeling low, or you're feeling like God isn't listening, or you feel like he's distant, you can go back and look at what you wrote, and you can be reminded of how faithful he is, and you can trust him to be faithful again. As we end this part of the story of Joshua, the Israelites have officially made it out of the wilderness, and we'll see what happens with that later on in the series. But as we talk about following God into the unknown tonight, I want to show you where we see this in the life of Jesus. Last week, we talked about fear. When we moved into the story, When we moved into the story of Jesus, we left off at the Garden of Gethsemane, where we see such a human side of Jesus, where Jesus is preparing to go to the cross, and he's stressed, he's afraid, he's asking for a way out, He's sweating drops of blood, and as the story goes, he came to his disciples, and he tells them, get ready. The hour of my suffering has come. Jesus ended up going to trial, and he was scourged and then sentenced to death by crucifixion. I want to pick up the story at the point where he was carrying his cross to the place of crucifixion, and it was a hill called Golgotha, and on the way there, there there was a path for Jesus to walk. And as he started walking the path up the hill, they soon discovered that he wasn't going to be physically able to carry his cross. Usually the way these punishments work is that you would either get scourged, which is basically just whipped, but much worse, or you would get crucified. It was never both. But in the case of Jesus, it was. It was both. And so because of what he had just went through, he was not able to carry the cross. And so what they do is they end up, the Roman guards, they, they point to a guy in the crowd. A guy named Simon of Cyrene. And they say, hey, you, come here. Simon's pulled out of the crowd, and this is the only time we ever see him in Scripture. And he's called on to carry the cross of a man sentenced to death. Could you imagine me and Simon at that point? What do you think he woke up that morning thinking his day was going to be like? He's witnessing the the brutal execution of a man, and when the man can't carry the cross himself, a finger gets pointed at him to to do the job. And then to be pulled out of the crowd and have a cross laid upon your shoulders that belongs to another man. Someone else's burden on his shoulders someone else's cross, someone else's punishment, another man's blood staining his clothes. All of a sudden, Simon's called out into the unknown. And all of a sudden, in the spirit of the Israelites crossing the Jordan River, he's walking behind the presence of God. He was just a face in the crowd that blended in with everyone else until he got called out into the unknown. So I've never never carried a cross before. I've never been put in a spot like this before. But nonetheless, all I know to do is follow the presence of God in front of me. I don't know where he's going. I'm going to go where he takes me. I'm going to go where he leads me. Because he knows where he's going even when I can't see it. And out of all the people to carry the cross, I get picked. He followed the presence of God down a path that was certain death, enemies on the left, enemies on the right. But he wasn't the one that was going to die. Little did Simon know that just as the presence of God that was contained in the Ark of the Covenant held back the water of the Jordan River, it was going to hold back the enemy of sin forever. He was following the presence of God as Jesus was parting the sea of sin to clear a path of dry ground to salvation for you and I. Jesus was going to do the consecrating for us, He was going to do the purifying for us. He would remove all doubt that He was the only way unto salvation. And He would go on to defeat death, hell, and the grave forever. So now, when the Father sees you, when the Father sees me, He doesn't see our past. He doesn't see our mistakes. He doesn't see what what we did. He doesn't see who we were. What he sees is the blood of his son. When he sees you and I, he sees righteousness. And we are justified. And we are made right in the eyes of the almighty God. And nothing, no height, nor depth, no present, nor future, no angel, nor demon can ever separate you from the love that is in Christ Jesus. All Simon had to do was follow the presence of God. I would encourage you to do the same. So now I feel like many of us are facing unknowns in our life. We lack the ability to see what's on the other side. We lack the ability to see the whole picture. But I want you to know tonight that what is unknown to you is known to God. That the unknown is no match for a faithful God. So whether you are stepping into a new school year, whether you're stepping into a, a new season, whether you're going off to college for the first time, whatever it may be, keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on the presence of God. Say, God, I've never been put in a spot like this before. I've never been in a place like this before. This is all so unfamiliar to me. But no matter what, I'm keeping my eyes on you. I'm going where you take me. I'm going where you lead me. Because you know where you're going, even when I can't see it. We're going to move into a time of response. And tonight, we're doing a song called Come to the River. And... We talk about pursuing after Jesus. This is exactly what this song is talking about. When you seek the face of God, when you come to, come to the river, when you come to find living water, when you seek after the presence of God, you will not be left thirsty. You will be left satisfied. And so tonight, I, I know many of us are in these seasons of, of unknown. These seasons of not sure what's going on or, or misunderstanding, we're not really sure what's next. I would encourage you in the meantime, keep your eyes on Jesus. The guy that was faithful then is gonna be faithful again. Don't count him out.